You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network. Tune in weekly to the Josh Adams Podcast with comedian Josh Adams for all his takes on what happened this week featuring guests in comedy, music, entertainment, and more. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Josh Adams Podcast to hear the jokes and thoughts of Josh Adams. Follow Josh Adams on Instagram. We've got tacos. We've got titties. And and we've we've got got the sauce sauce you want. Tune in to talk about Creep Mouth. The legend of Creep Mouth. The brotherhood of Cunnilingus experts. Mm. Okay. Mouth fire motherfucking mouth. (laughs) Andy Rocky Goon Jesus. We're not going to include what old right here. No, you're not going to include uh, Iraqi Goon Jesus. Oh, Iraqi. I forgot Iraqi about Goon him. Jesus. So like, <laughs> and Zodiac Zombie. Listen to the Titties and Tacos podcast, dropping flash fried episodes every Taco Tuesday on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. Searching for Claire Huxtable is a podcast that is about dating black women from a black man's perspective with Maceo and Way. Listen in for topics like marriage, dating with kids, sex toys, and of course, side chicks. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Searching for Claire Huxville podcast and don't miss listening. Hey, it's Steph and T, and we're the, the Critical, Critical Crew. Crew. Join us on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, After Dark where we talk about all the crazy stuff that happens at work. Make sure you tune in to the Guess What Happened at Work Today podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Tune in every week for our new episodes where we let our hair down and loosen our ties on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. We are back in full effect, the Detroit is Different Podcast Studios for another Fuck What You Heard podcast. We talking about independent music and what you need to know to get off the ground as an artist, as a producer, as a promoter, as a DJ, as somebody in this game looking to be in this game for a long time. Yes, sir. Uncle P, how you feeling? What's good with you, bro? We all right, man. We all right. I'm good. I'm good. We missing the sis. Yes. She is not in effect for this episode, but she will be coming back in full of vengeance. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to Sabo. Rocky 2. Uh, killing him. Killing him. I guess Creed 2, I guess I should say. Oh, you seen it yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that was an awesome flick. I mean, you know, that I, I can't uh, speak too much about it just in the sense of you like me. We grew up on the Rocky generation. Asking enough is, if a Rocky movie is worth seeing is like asking a kid, did you like Minions? You right, know what I'm exactly. It's, Exactly. It's feeding into, <laughs> they know their audience. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, uh, today's episode is about paying dues uh, and what that is and the whole science of it. Get into it, man. Break down. What, what do you think paying dues is? Man, paying dues is basically the grind of it all. You know, um, to, this, to this business, it's no, you know, just magic wand, snap of the fingers, you know, type of results from this, you know. Every play builds on to something else for the victory. So a lot of times people, you know, take this paying dues as a negative thing, but that's where you learn at in the paying dues. You learn what not to do. You learn what don't work. You learn what works. 
you know? And through trying, that's where you start getting somewhere. If you just sit back and complain and just talk, well, you're not going to see much movement in what you're trying to do. So paying dues for me is actively pursuing your dreams. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And then also uh, having the discipline to know that you know, it's it's a whole lot more based on people getting to know who you are. Uh, people say a lot. You meet a lot of people in this business. Uh, a lot of a lot of different uh, grounded people uh, and people with well intentions. But this is a hard hustle. So sometimes paying dues is somebody waiting to give you that opportunity for a year, or two years, or months, or three yeah. years before they see like, okay, what is this person's pedigree? What's their commitment to it? How much have they invested into it before I stick my neck out and say, all right, I'm about to open up some doors for them. Let, let me share this. I'm from Pontiac. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a suburb in Detroit, of Detroit, mm -hmm. you know, up north. And a lot of people ask me, well, how did you from Pontiac end up down in the city and then making a name for yourself? Um, when I got home from school in Atlanta, I started going down to the the infamous Lush Lounge, mm -hmm. um, where some of the hottest MCs, you know, that are traveling right now the globe came out of. That was they dojo. Mm -hmm. And I went down there consistently every Wednesday for about three to four months before I could even get anybody to really talk to me, you know? Yeah. And after a while, the regulars just started like, well, what do you do? Why are you here? You know, I was paying my dues by showing up. Yeah. I didn't get mad, you know, because everybody wasn't jocking me or wanting to know what it was. Like, this is all about relationships. Paying dues is the process of building those relationships. You, you got to put the work in. If I hadn't put the work in, I would not be able to be doing the things that I'm doing today. Yeah. And along with that, you meet people that move in ways that you agree with. And then they introduce you to other people that move like that. Uh, birds of a feather flock together in this business and opportunities present themselves, but conversations, uh, help but it's not going to be what solidifies a lot of things it's going to be those actions it's going to be okay how is this person still out here moving that consistency man yeah it is so much like i remember i got approached by a film director out of cleveland that wanted to capture the battle aspect of things and he asked me to produce a team from detroit so i went to the man up there in the lush shout out my man hex murder I told him what I wanted to do. I told him what I needed. His response to me was no. Uh-huh. He didn't know who I was, what I was doing. He's like, I don't know them people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. I respect that. Did I give up? No, I knew he represented four of what was considered the top people at that time. So I went and grabbed the next four. Mm -hmm. He saw what I did, you know, and, and he gave me the salute on it. You know, he's like, you know what, I told you no, but you still went about and did what you had to do, and he respected that. You know, and me and Hex got a great relationship to this day. You know, I didn't get mad because he told me no, he has his reasons. Yeah, and a lot of those reasons generally is just that they don't know you. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And we've all in this game have, I don't want to say been burned, but we've all done some things uh, relying upon the character of people that we barely know and have learned, okay, moving forward, I don't want to be in that position again. Right. That's why we move cautiously and with wisdom about how we associate with people and who those people we associate with are. And a lot of that paying dues has a lot to do with that, especially when it comes to access to the people we know and then access to uh, possibly it could be a crowd, it could be fans, it could be a deal, it could be promoters, it could be all types of things. Like I can't tell you the the frenzy at one point in time, those few times that I've been in the presence of Eminem, but if you go super fan, it's going to be like, who is this corny ass dude? You right, know what I'm saying? Right, you, have to, out. you have to know the the behavior, you know, uh, of a lot of these people. You know, it's things hey. around uh, that may enamor you, you know, whether it be any different thing. It could be money, it could be women, it could be drugs, and you just want to know that a person is like, okay, I, I know if I if I say, yeah, I, I vouch for this person, they should do that South by Southwest set, you know, I'm not going to get a phone call at 5 o'clock in the morning and text messages like, bro, because you don't want that text message. Right, no, nah, man, trust is everything in this industry, you know, and a lot of times you don't get second chances. So when someone puts their name on the line, that cosign, that vouch, you are exactly right, man. You have to deliver. You have to bring your A game, you know, and, and you learn that by doing that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, very much so. And, and more than learning by doing that, you, you have to take those actions. You have to take those actions uh, accordingly when you're in the position. And when it comes to paying dues, we've all been there. Um, I, I've been that rapper that was, you know, first to sign the open mic and last to rhyme. You know what I mean? Mm, right. Being like, I get in there at 8 o'clock and I don't get to rap until like one fifty. No. Time and time again. And it's, it's, not, it's not the best feeling, but that's really... Surprisingly, now I, I know like the different rappers listening or performers listening may be like, huh, what? But when that sound time breaks down, that's when you actually get to know who that DJ is. Right. That's when you get to know who the people that own the venue are. That's when you get to meet those people that stay after the fan frenzy, after the girlfriends left, after, you know, the birthday shots was taken. The people that are still there at a music venue when it's closing and breaking down, and if you're willing to help that DJ break down and everything, mm-hmm. now you're going to get bonds in a relationship where the DJ is at least generally going to say, all right, let me go on and listen to this person's music. All the time. All the time. I was about to ask you, is that the approach that you took to, um, you know, that scenario that was happening to you at first? Like, explain. Like, how did that feel? Like, was your initial feeling ready? Like, fuck them, you know? Or, or Oh, yeah, most definitely. My initial feeling was like, this is some bullshit. But then the more I thought about it, it's like they have, you know, it humbles you. Because your people leave. Because your people show up when everybody else people show up. So it's like, how do I get a better spot? And, and it... 
was humbling because it's like, damn, I'm not going to get the better spot by myself. I got to bring more people to here, right. you know, to the crowd. I have to, um, I have to be patient. I got to wait to rhyme. It's tough, you know. Being that last person at a hip hop open mic is a, a gut check, but that's where you help the DJ break down. That's where you help uh, help clean up a little bit of the bar, like. This is how you can get some business relationships with people that you don't expect. That's when some real engagement, you know, can start happening. Because us in the scene, we see all that stuff, you mm -hmm. know. We see when you just walked in five minutes before the time you're supposed to hit the stage, and we saw you leave within 10 minutes after, mm -hmm. you know. And, and a lot of times we don't say it, but we notice that, you know. And, and our conversation you know, it, it's limited at that point, mm -hmm. you know, because none of us owe anybody anything. Nah, but it's always great to build those relationships with those that'll be like, you know, putting in the work with you. Indeed. And you have to open up doors. Some of those doors aren't going to be open. And other people do have ways of opening those doors. Somebody comes to the open mic and they're 45 deep because it's their birthday. Guess what? They've just moved up the list. They performing at the opportune time of it, the night. It's, it's what's real. You yeah. know, I've been bumped. You know, nothing's worse than keeping getting bumped. Ooh, you know, you, you start getting bumped at 1130. Like a person tells you, yeah, they'd be like, all right, I'm going to get you up. You number seven. And then you counting down and you keep getting bumped because, you know, I'm I'm of the class. But, you know, J-Kid got a whole new song. J-Kid right. going to go before me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Super MC working on some new shit. Super MC going before me. Uh, You, you know what I mean? It, it's like, damn. Damn. But they've paid their dues. And then you look up and then you become that person. Right. You know? With and consistency. And then it's like, yo, Way, <laughs> that's my homie. Way about to uh, drop. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be there at 11. I'm probably going to be out at 1130. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then it's like, damn, he just came in here. I don't even know who the hell this is. He dropped, sold some CDs, dipped. You know what I'm saying? But that is from the, the as they say, they don't watch your whole journey. You know, nobody saw you sitting in the Cotillion Ballroom, you know, waiting to rhyme or at the VFW Hall or, you know, waiting to rhyme. Mm -hmm. uh, the openness set at the shelter, you know, as the sound man ain't even really checked in, waiting to rhyme. You know right, what I'm saying? Like, right. they, they're not looking at that journey of it. They just looking at, damn, I want to be on stage right now. Right. Something I'm noticing out here, and, and this is, we in an era now of people feel like they paying dues sitting in their living room and they draws on social media. Social media has changed a lot in this game. I was... Listening to Little Baby's song the other day, and I was like, damn. I'm like, you know, some of this stuff is, I know it's a whole different audience. It's a whole different hookup going. But yeah, social media, and my thought process is, I really, and I, I debate a lot of people on this, because I don't think that these people are really the people doing this. I think it's a lot of aggregators and businesses behind putting these figures in our faces, uh, that are paying for advertisement. I I don't know how real a lot of this stuff is. Even though the rapper may be twenty that I'm seeing, it's probably I think a, probably teams of hundreds of people that are working to put you know these characters in my face. Right, right, right. And a lot of times it is. A lot of times it is. Um, 
But I, I guess I just see like I'm in the process of an award show right now, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm just getting so many emails from people talking about I'm grinding, I'm doing this, I got a thousand followers, so you know me, I'm I'm gonna give you a chance because if you somebody, mm-hmm. I want to know about it. So yeah. I go Google your name, don't nothing pop up. All right, I go put your name in YouTube, nothing pops up. Yeah, I go to your social media. Yeah, you got 5,000 fans, but you don't have one post with more than five likes. Yeah, it definitely is a lot of people paying for, uh, as they say, paying for fans, paying for followers, paying for likes. Like, you got to build it organically. And the, and then along with building organically, you got to know where your fan base is. Um, I don't have the most likes, but I have some people that are buy tickets to shows. And that's how I like it. You know, I'd rather have the few that's down and the cult following than the many that are fickle. So that's the other angle of this whole thing too. So it's a lot, you know, especially, you know, it's tough for female MCs because it's a lot of dudes that just want to smash. Ugh. That'll be like in a one, you know, her picture. Yeah. Would never pay to go to her show. Right. Right. Would right. Never buy a download. Would never, you know, be checking for any music thing Period. related with the woman. Period. But it's just, you know, so it, it's like, uh, it's like smoke, you know, smoke and mirrors of like, yeah, you have thirty thousand followers, but you know, are those followers following because of your music, or are they following because they want to smash? Right, totally, totally, totally. It it was something that just recently happened um, in the industry. Um, a guy wanted to be front a front man for a heavy metal band. And he did all the buying of the likes and and all the foolery online and actually got like 10 cities booked overseas. Mm. He hired a backing band. They rehearsed for like three months. Mm. They got over there. The first three shows, nobody came. Mm. Nobody. All these venue promoters started talking to each other and they realized they had just got duped. Mm Mm-hmm. They got duped by someone pretending to be something that they aren't. And that is really the number one thing. Now, I, I I would like to debate that, too, in the sense of it's a lot of Internet people, like like my little cousins and stuff. They Internet people, and they, right. they love hip-hop, but they don't go to shows. Right. You know, and then there's some people I know that don't do shit online, but they'll pack a house. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not generally in the hip hop world. They more like jazz artists and stuff like that. Like, they, psh, I ain't got no Instagram, right? But anytime they go, they go. You know, yeah. Like uh, the show I just did with a blues artist, uh, Thornetta Davis, hell of a blues singer. Like, I do shows with her. She has an audience that moves, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know how to touch her audience. I know who to reach out for. Who that is? It's a different age range. She's on social media but it's not it's nothing like uh anything comparable i think she has some of the biggest reach in this detroit region well let and me ask you not, this and she's not like in most yeah she ain't right yeah, yeah, yeah. but but how know. did you get there how how did you get to the point where you're opening up and performing on stages with the great um i've my my journey in hip hop, zigged when when I was actually thinking about stopping it all together. I, 
one of my last shows, it was like a community event at Black Star Community Bookstore back when Maliki Keeney owned that off uh, of Seven Mile and Outer Drive. Right now, it's just a community space uh, next to Simply Casual. And I met this reggae band. And the reggae band was so impressed with me rapping. And the only reason I really gave a lot to that show was because I did this other show that I thought would have been my retirement show. I was like, Jay-Z or something. And it was just such bad. I was like, I can't. That can't be my last rap. <laughs> you can't go out like <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, right. Like, Damn. This is, I was like, oh, man, Larry Holmes. But I was like, Damn. okay, I got to. <laughs> I got to win. And that win set me up there. He was like, hey, you want to rap with us? And I was like, all right, cool. And then he was like, yeah, we can pay you and everything. I was like, damn. Pay? And then uh, I started rapping with the band. From rapping with a band, I was like, okay, I want to get my own band. And then from building my band, uh, I started getting more structure, uh, met met some real cool people, uh, nominated many times for the Detroit Music Award, never really put in the like go vote for me campaign per se. But uh, a lot of great connections from that Detroit Music Awards community and met a lot of players. Uh, when you start a band, you know, guitar players, drummers, bassists, uh, the the world opened up. And rhyming with a band is a little bit different. Right now right. you see Corona's rhyming with a band, and that's dope. Uh, it's a couple other people rhyming with bands. Uh, I think Kari Turner uh, would, would have been like the, the anchor in that with Black Bottom Collective mm-hmm. more so. Of what people would say, but just different flow, different feel. And from meeting these players, because players play with a lot of people. Right, you know right, right. He may be playing blues tonight, tomorrow he's playing funk, but tonight he's playing hip hop with me. Right. You know? So it, that's that was the flow. You meet a lot of the other people, they like your chops, and now I'm in the mix with a lot of these performers. Okay, so simplify what you just said in the sense that where was the due paying process and all that? Oh, man. Uh, it started with just rhyming when the reggae band told me to rhyme. You know, right. when it came to, and then learning how to rhyme with a band, learning to rehearse. You got to sit through a whole, you know, three-hour rehearsal of a band, which I will rehearse my rap sets a little bit, but that's different. Rehearsing a rap set with a track is different than rehearsing. Right. And I'm big on that. If you're a performer, you need to rehearse. True. Period. You need to rehearse for real. For real. Like get it down. The better you know your show, you the better it is. And the best way to rehearse is actually to have a mirror in front of you and play your track. Cause if you're not seeing what the crowd is seeing, then it's not really a rehearsal. Right. 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 You need to rehearse. Period. And I was at least back into that zone. You know, and, and you have to really know a lot of different things. You have to have breath control. Uh, you you have to, you know, be ready to deliver. And from what I saw was great performance. You know, some of this stuff now, you know, it just carries over. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, and I'm going to do some more music in 19 and 20, but I'll, I'll be getting back in the zone. But paying those dues really is kicking ass when you do get the chance to be on stage and being ready to be on stage right. and being also ready to rock when it's not many people in the crowd too. Some of my best opportunities have come when it's like three people in the crowd. Right. Right. Cause when it's a bunch of people and you know, and I've performed for a lot of people before. So like when it's a bunch of people, when you are looking out there and it's like 5,000 people, they're not even paying attention. I mean, unless you Drake or something. Unless you maybe. got a hit record. Yeah. yeah. But th- when it's that many people, what you really doing is, you're warming up for the people that 
they came for the big for. act that right. they want to see. <laughs> right. Okay? And also, you're just trying not to kill the vibe. Right. You know? Right. And people are, nowadays, they in their cell phones. They, mm-hmm. they at the bathroom. They at the concession stand. They're, they outside they're, for a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> when it's four people, you really are looking at those four people. Right. If, if, it's, if you rapping and it's four people in the crowd and one of them pull out their phone, that feels like your whole heart is like, you did your job. I'm not rapping. Yeah, you 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 doing what you do. I, I want to make it clear that paying dues does not necessarily mean you went in your pocket in your wallet and you produced money for things. Paying dues is the time invested. Sometimes money will play a part in that, but don't get twisted that paying dues mean you 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 paying for everything no you know? but it, but when you do pay for something know how to seize the moment you remember yeah, when exactly. we did the show with cash dial because all the rappers said i was like who y'all want to open for and everybody cash said dial. cash dial right and i was like okay i will produce this show we produced the show and and it was weird it was almost surreal because the attitudes changed from you know, fuck her. Why they ain't liking me? And it's like, well, damn, dude, I gave y'all who y'all said you right. want to rhyme for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can deliver if y'all give me, you know, just give me the names. And then everybody was like, man, yeah, HBK. And, and I'm like, look, dude, y'all didn't deliver really with cash down. It was mm-hmm. like, that was me out here selling tickets to the people I know and they're not buying tickets to see cash down because that's not my crowd. They're right. buying tickets because Kari's selling tickets. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's really what you have to do. When you put up money, you have to be willing to uh, to to seize and know what you're getting out of it and, and set your goal and work your plan. Know what you want. You know, that's that. Like, it sounds like those people just threw out that name and not really realizing, you know, what it was that they really wanted. You know, especially yeah. if they came back like, you know, on some other you know. shit. You know, I mean, and that's that's a constant. So having that, knowing that plan, working that plan, very important. Very, very important. And when you do spend money, like I say, get the most out of it. Uh, you can, you can't, money can't open doors, but the doors it's gonna to, it's going to open for you to exploit it all. You have to know what you're going to get from that. So you, need that you pay to open for whatever. If you pay to open on Summer Jam, okay, you can't just walk in saying like, okay, I'm opening for Little Baby or I'm opening for, I don't know who the hell would be at Summer Jam these days, but <laughs> well, Little Yachty or something uh, and Peasy. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to rap for Peasy. I'm going to rap in front of Peasy's fans and they're going to all be my fans. That is not the approach to take. Mm-mm. The approach to take would be all right, now that I have this spot at Summer Jam, I'm going to let all the people I know that have supported me know that I'm going to be at Summer Jam. I'm going to, you know, maybe put some more money up and get some T-shirts of my name on it, give them some free T-shirts if they buy their Summer Jam ticket. Like, you have to think, how do I make an impact where the people that are my fans feel more like they're a part of movement? Right. And the more you can make your fandom feel as though it's an experience and a movement, then the more those people will be with you. Yeah, totally. You know, so it's like, I'm going to do Summer Jam, but the minute I would give some free t-shirts, and then the other thing I'd be doing is I would talk to the DJ that I like most and say, we're doing a Summer Jam after party 
at this time. Mm-hmm. And we gonna rap, we gonna rock it and all of that stuff. And I would invite all of uh I probably specifically pick, because you know rappers and stuff, I'll p- pick the best two looking girls I know to specially invite those people to come to my after party for Summer Jam, mm-hmm. all of the rappers backstage, you know, and that's what I would do. Yeah. I would do something like that. Yeah. You know? But 90% of them just showing up and then wondering why they ain't treated like gods and all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, it, it's about planning. We talk about planning all the time, we talk about research. When you do that, you can come and get to conclusions that you want. You know, you can achieve mm-hmm. goals that way. And a lot of the people you want to know when it comes to paying dues, they will be, obser- you know, it's way more observational. You know? Yeah. And they're going to wonder, like, all right, if I give this person a stack of flyers, will they pass them out? If I get them some tickets, can they sell them? Like, these are the business things. Like, to me, the business people want to know stuff like that. Yeah. If I give you 20 tickets, how long is it going to take you to move those 20 tickets? Uh-huh. You know, because I'm not going to give you, I, I, I'm not going to ask you to like any Kari event. I'm not asking you to pay to perform. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make some money. Right. So you make some money. Do You got some hustle about yourself. Right. Do you believe in the product you producing? Because I'm going to deliver a venue. I'm going to deliver the sound system. I'm going to deliver uh, some flyers, some posters. I'm going to deliver all on my end from, you know, me putting on a show. Will you deliver on your end? Can you sell yourself? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be me basically taking you and trying to sell to my audience? Right. Because if it's me taking you and trying to sell to my audience, I'm probably going to pick somebody else. Exactly. You know you and your audience better than I do. Exactly. And just picking and choosing when you want to be great. You need to be great all the time. <laughs> you don't go do way show and feel like, nigga, I'm just going to show up. Mm-hmm. And then you come to Uncle P show, and then you want to bring everything, you know, all the bells and whistles. Well, you might not know who Way is. You mm-hmm. might not know what bigger people that that he he fucks with. And when mm-hmm. he comes and see the total different results and your effort, you know that's not going to look good on you. So if you're going to do something, do it a thousand percent every time. Or don't do it, because you never know who's watching. When you start getting up to that level, it's less of that bullshit that flies. Now, from a DJ in, as we get to a close close of the of the show, can what are some things that DJs should be looking out for? And I'm gonna just get my my short because we are already like two minutes away from thirty now. But I think one of the things that that any DJ should be looking out for. And it's kind of shifted, but you should be looking out for uh, working with some artists. And you may be able to speak why it's like this, but meeting some artists and breaking some artists that you can work with and like really building that whole mixtape series of your own if you're a DJ. Can you speak to that? Yeah. um, I think I've said this on a different one. First of all, you know, us DJs have to think about our brands and what we do outside of just on the two turntables. You know, people can listen to music on their cell phones. They have thousands of options to listen to, you know. So you have to create an environment that people, you know, want to come to, you know, want to choose you to listen to whatever you had to provide. So I think first and foremost, us DJs have to, 
get out of that that framework. Um, you yes, develop talent. You know that doesn't mean you know you can get out there and save the whole world, but find a few acts that you you work in that same lane. You know, help develop them. You know, and together you guys guys can build. But please, DJs, start thinking outside the box. You know, I know a lot of us aren't, you know, too sociable and all that stuff. And and if that's the case, just display your skills. You know, display your skills and find artists that you can work with. Find producers. Get you a type producer that you love they sound. Pull them onto your team. And then y'all together go find these artists and boom, you got a Batman and Robin now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so that's one of the things that I, I would definitely say about these DJs. DJs, you know, look for the people that are working, you know, and have talent. You know, you can sit there and wait for that name, you know, to decide they want to fuck with you. But a lot of times, if you ain't on the level they at, they not concerned with what you're doing yeah, people, right now. People dancing with the girl they came to prom with. Yeah, flat out. Yep. Flat out. So, you know, this is all strategy. Mm-hmm. All strategy. You know, mm-hmm. don't get mad. Learn from it. Figure out where the lesson yeah. is and things. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And uh, the last thing about paying dues, on all levels, you should be reaching out to, like, what I consider, like, your graduation class. Like, so... My graduation class would be, I guess, my first album, you know, we looking at 2008, 2007. So, like, them cats, like, my graduation class, you say, is, like, the Stretch Money, the, you know, right. Mike, Mike, the, you know, that group. Right, so right. you should look across the board of who else from your graduation class is doing stuff. Still. And connect with them. Uh, and work with them because that's that's gonna work well. Not yeah. saying don't go up or don't don't go down, but going up is sometimes tough because when you go up, you know them cats got they they got their crew. Yeah, they got their version of you. Yeah, and when you go down, you know sometimes it may take you know more effort to get them up to speed to where mm-hmm. you at. You know what I mean? So I I would just urge you to. Know where you at, work across the plane, be willing to get out and be on the scene. If you're in the mix, get on the scene. Sometimes being there at the next person's release party, uh, hosting a listening party for somebody else, like doing things like that really helps. Hiring that DJ you like to be the DJ at your listening party. Mm -hmm. Things like this is equity. And as you build that equity, that's paying dues. Uh, I love to speak with business, but that's paying dues differently. And uh, being there, when that DJ does do their party, show up, you know, right, show right, love. Right. You know, you ain't got to stay for forever, but hit that door, give them play. Make sure they know you in the building. Exactly. Yeah. It, it it speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes. Yep. So that's what we got. Let the people know uh, how to get at you. Yo, y'all can holler at me on Facebook, book, Uncle P313. Find me on Instagram, at Detroit Rap, and on Twitter, at Detroit Rap. All right, and DetroitIsDifferent.com, DetroitIsDifferent.net. Check us out. Peace. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. 
You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.